position. Affirmative. Negative. I am the milkman. My milk is delicious. Roger that. Okay, let's go. Welcome to the Best Linux Games Podcast. Go, go, go! The best Linux games, the best games available for the uh, GNU slash Linux operating system via the mechanism and distribution network known as Steam, brought to you by Valve. After 700,000 years, the Steam has come to Linux, and beyond that, it has come to Linux in the form of the egalitarian Linux-like platform, Steam, an open marketplace in which everyone, total meritocracy, everyone, regardless of size, amount of money, regardless of amount of developers, and prospective sales, that's right, ladies and gentlemen, it's Saturday, and that means it's time for one thing. It's time for the podcast where the quality goes in before the name goes on. You're listening to the Best Linux Games Podcast, a companion piece to the uh, Steam group of the same name. Find us on Steam, you know. Uh, join us on Steam and friend me on Steam. My name is Scooky Sprite. I am your host. In case this is your first time here, uh, the ground rules for everything that we do are very simple. We have news. We have the latest titles that we are interested in. Of course, features, you know, like kind of in-depth looks or reviews. And then we have, of course, everyone's favorite, the deals. Uh, the best games that you can buy for as cheap as possible. If you join us on the group, our recommendations are curated with the sole criteria of It must run on Linux, and it must be really good. These are recommendations only, of course. Uh, not complete reviews, which generally will follow, um, especially once they get some other mofos on this show. And as always, the content that awaits you ahead may not be appropriate for members of all species, races, genders, classes, creeds, and especially might not be age or work appropriate. So, it begins. Let's get the Linux gaming on, bitches! Welcome to episode number 319 of the Best Linux Games Podcast. Being recorded for you on this Saturday, the 5th of December, 2020, uh, at 1800 hours, 6 p.m. Pacific Coast time, left coast to coast with the most crack engineer, Ivor Molina, over there in the booth with the whiskey sign, Professor Plum flames on the side of my face. Ah, it's a good idea, Ivor. You're fired. Whiskey it is. Cheers. Mmm. That would, of course, make it for our sequel friends. 2020, uh, what? 1205. 1800 hours. Yeah, bitches, it begins. We have a huge show for you this week. Uh, so let's get straight to our top stories. Uh, first of all, it would be insane to disregard the uh, tornado flame, the fire tornado uh, that uh, COVID has become in this country. Uh, in the first five days of December alone, we've reported over one million infections. It is rampaging 
literally out of control, beyond any control at this point, and we're losing around 2,000 to 2,500 people a day. Um, One million in the first five days of December. Even worse, this is nine days after Thanksgiving when I think somewhere between uh, 10 million people flew, I think. Or it was like six or nine or... I rounded it up to ten when I heard it on the news today. Um, That was nine days ago. That's a fucking nationwide super spreader event. Um, And now we're beginning to see as one doctor on TV today explained it um, generally nine days after you get infected is when you're going to manifest observable symptoms around the 10th or 11th day is when those, you know, and generally those are mild for most people, but for those who, you know can't handle it for one reason or another have, you know, just really hard hard time of it he said that uh, days 10 through 12, normally when they uh, first report to hospital, and then it's around 7 to 10 more days after that before those who are not destined to leave the hospital will begin to die. Um, that means that we are headed for the darkest Christmas that I have personally experienced since uh, both my grandmothers died within 24 hours of each other. Um, that was uh, the day before Christmas and Christmas Day. Um this looks like it has the potential to be significantly worse because if you plot out that if you plot out that course of the disease that means that the apex from in terms of casualties from everyone having their own fucking thanksgiving and no one wearing masks just the uh, apex of that alone will be the week before christmas that's fucked up. Like, we'll be seeing 2,000 to 3,000 to more people dying every day by then. Add to that, compound that with the fact that we are now infecting over 200,000 people a day in this country. Uh, And that begins to snowball into you know, catastrophic, cataclysmic. It looks like, when you look at the county-by-county map of the United States right now, it looks like Plague, Inc. when I'm winning. And that is horrifying. We've experienced a couple of more losses. Um, You know, it sucks to say, but luckily no one super close to me this time, but, uh, Every week, someone dies. I know someone whose father or friend or etc. dies. So wear a fucking mask, everybody, and stay at home if you can. Be extra super careful. And the tr- greatest tragedy of this is we are so close to the vaccine, and the vaccine is going to kick ass. Um, but yeah, 
big darkness soon come. But there you go. So that's what's happening in America. Meanwhile, Trump is proving that he's full blown traitor. Um, it's madness out here. I'm focusing on lunch sticks and getting the website up and running again in its new form. Uh, made tons of progress these last two weeks. Um, since I've been better. Hopefully, before Christmas, I'm shooting for a before Christmas uh, new website date, but for now, the website's still down. So, we live in the toy aisle here, though, on Best Next Games Podcast. I know, it's heavy shit. It's heavy shit. Fucking, we lost 3,000 people. Well, we lost 2,800 people on, like, Tuesday or Wednesday. And our leadership just does not fucking care. And it's a testament to why we need to vote out every single fucking member of the GOP and see them burn. See them burn for what they've done to us out of political expediency, greed, and uh, blatant abdication of and rolls criminal negligence in, in, in terms of their own jobs of his public officials and have betrayed their oaths of office across the board. Only 26 Republican uh, representatives in a poll taken this week acknowledged that Joe Biden has won the election and will be the next president. They're too afraid to say it. That's the type of scum these people are as we watch the country tear itself apart in the middle of this, you know, this insane orange death plague from hell. But now we have our podcast, which is a good episode this week. So, uh, first of all, uh, Glorious Egg Roll, our beloved Glorious Egg Roll, all hail Glorious Egg Roll, has released um, in his infinite wisdom a new release of his uh, Fork of Proton, uh, Glorious Egg Roll 3.21 GE1, which evidently fixes support for a lot of the Call of Duty games, uh, not the most recent ones, but a lot of them, and does in fact fix Horizon Zero Dawn, which I bought again, and I played last night. It doesn't... It it blanks out like where the menu bars would be at the top and bottom of a window, and just displays the desktop there, but the game runs flawlessly other than that and that's not that big of a distraction and the game is amazing so you need the the new um g3.21 uh g1 uh if you haven't updated your uh glory sigrol compatibility tools.d folder in your steam lately now's a good time to do it, and while you're doing that and this is, uh, dovetails with a topic that we have coming up, um, in this episode um there's a link in the show blurb for this week for Proton 5.11 GE 3MF this is a very much older version of Glory Say Girl's Proton Fork but there have been reports that the that specific version lets Haven run, and Haven came out this week, and we'll talk more about that in a minute. 
So let's get straight to our new and noteworthy. Ivor, you're fired. Um, we do have some new and noteworthy. We have a very standard show for you again, for once. I, I do want to make an announcement, though. Uh, request anyone who listens to this show and hasn't been on the Discord, jump on the Discord. Although right now, it's only people who listen to the Discord who are listening to the show because our website is down. It's been down now for... It's been down, down now for like three months ish. I'm finally, finally fixing it, migrating to Drupal Nine, and adding all those features that I've always wanted. Um, the migration is a problem, but uh, anyway, for this we for this month's end of. This is either going to be next week or the week after um, episode. I want to do uh, something different. Depends. And if you're not on our Discord, that's fine. Uh, just hit me up on, on Twitter by the DM at VegasWriter, V-E-G-A-S-W-R-I-T-E-R. What I want to hear is from people who have listened to this show for, you know, a while who have games that I've never mentioned on this show that they believe are the best games available for the new Slash Linux operating system. Not the best games in the world, motherfuckers. If it doesn't run on Linux, it doesn't exist to me. So don't fucking, you know, and don't recommend a game that does not run on Linux is what I'm trying to say. Uh, So, you know, do some fucking basic checking before you do me a favor, you know. Cut me some slack. Also, uh, later on, and I'm dreading this, we will have our best of the year uh, games. Feel free to nominate any title you wish by pinging me in Discord or just uh, posting it to the main thread in our Discord uh, channel or hitting me up on Twitter. You know, blah. All all nominations and stuff will be considered. Um, But what I really would like to hear from our audience especially those who've listened to this show for a long time, what is the best game that you play on Linux that I have never, ever mentioned on the show? You don't have to go back and listen to it. I did the math, by the way. It is now... Oh, wait. Maybe I was stoned. I was stoned, so maybe the math was wrong. But this is episode number 319. If you average out everything as like an hour, that's... It's something like six days of 24-hour a day listening at this point, which is crazy. Seven years. Ten years, man! Okay, so, Ivor, so, yeah, so, everyone who wants to help with the show could really help with that, because the one thing that you can never see are your blind spots. You know, the things that you can't see, and therefore do not know. Um, so, yeah, especially if, if you want to combine those two ideas the best game from the last 12 months that I have not mentioned ever on the show. Um, or, you know, just good titles that, that you really like that I've never talked about on the show. Um, but we have an embarrassment of riches. We've had an embarrassment of riches this year, as we do in this episode, as we do almost every week. So it's been good times. It's in a horrible, bleak Albert Camus esque fucking travail of darkness and horror. So Ivor based them with the new and noteworthy motherfucker. 
I was an author American fall when were in my former life. Here are the newest and most noteworthy titles from this week. So, first in our new and noteworthy uh, game that runs great on Linux that is super awesome. Steve Purcell's amazing masterwork that is survived as a cult hit and is now uh actually you know I don't remember I remember the first game in this franchise being Sam and Max hit the road and I don't remember I I played a little bit of this um this came out December 2nd 2020 this is Sam and Max save the world And it's a little weird because it says the freelance police are back in a remastered version of their first season of episodic adventure games. What? Lovingly updated by a small group of the original developers with the blessing of Sam and Max creator Steve Purcell. Um, this is, for those of you who don't know what Sam and Ma- who Sam and Max were, uh, Sam and Max, the dog, the freelance police. Uh, so they're kind of like detectives, but they're cartoon detectives. Dog in a fedora in a suit with a uh, with a revolver and uh, a rabid toothsome bunny. Uh, these were point and click games, adventure games. This one has great voice acting, and it's very funny. It's very engaging, mm. but it's really inventory based, um, problem solving in crazy ways like you know you, you can buy like a croquet mallet and a thing and then that's what you need to put in the door and then an unexpected thing happens so it's like based predominantly off of frustration clicking everywhere uh, creative thinking and dialogue and the voice acting is very good I don't know what remastered version of their first season of episodic adventure games means, but uh, yeah, Sam and Max hit the road is one of the greatest. This is Sam and Max save the world. I think it's uh, it's a remaster, it's a remake. It looks great, it's high, super high def. It's twenty bucks. Um, yeah. So let me check out Sam and Sam. And by the way, that's Sam ampersand. It's the ensemble. Yeah, you can get Sam and Max Hit the Road which is my favorite game that they ever made uh, it was released for Linux by Steam uh, November 16, 2018 it's an old, old game this looks like it holds up pretty well, it's not remastered though uh, it's $5.99 Sam and Max Save the World, the new one that came out December, it's not new but it, whatever, uh, it's $19.99 Okay, now, when we did about, like, what, four months ago, five months ago, six months ago, uh, the Steam Developers Showcase episode, one of the games other than Carrion that I really wanted to play was called Haven. Haven came out this week, and there are ProtonDB reports that say it runs great. I've tried everything to run this game, including uh, using the Proton 511 GE3MF which has the Media Foundation fixes, I think, 
for it. I haven't tried to actually just run the straight up Media Foundation fixes on the prefix, but that's because I have had no time. Blah. Haven is out. Some people have gotten it to run. I have not gotten it to run with any version of Proton. Uh, it is $24.99. Here's how they bill it. Two lovers gave up everything and escaped to a lost planet to, ex- to, to be together. Glide through a mysterious landscape, explore a fragmented world, and fight against what's trying to tear them apart in this RPG adventure about love, rebellion, and freedom. And it looks gorgeous. It's got this very nice cel-shaded thing, and it's an interesting premise where, you know, I haven't had a girlfriend now in a long time, and um, I'm kind of in the mood for uh, digital girlfriend, although we'll talk more about that in our future later on. Finally, in our new and noteworthy, I can't not mention it, CSGO has a new DLC, the why in God's name, why the fuck? I, and for the record, uh, you know, do not ask me if I want to play, I know I do not want I do not play CSGO anymore, at all. But CSGO Broken Fag, I mean Fang, Broken Fang, uh, what the fuck? Ivor, you're fucking fired. Oh yeah, okay, it's called Counter-Strike Global Offensive Operation Broken Fang. Came out December 3rd, 2020, $14.99. It does require the base game, Counter-Strike Global Offensive, but that is still free to play. Although it does, it has CSGO has ruined everything that was good about Counter-Strike and made it so much worse in like every fucking way. It's unbelievable. When they wiped my stats, that was really great too. Um, that was really cool. When they wipe my stats, that was that was awesome. Um, but that's not why I don't play CS:GO anymore. I'm done with CS:GO. I've played more Counter-Strike and CS:GO than I've played more Counter-Strike. If you factor Counter-Strike in to CS:GO, I've been playing Counter-Strike for over 20 years now. Um, I don't play it anymore because. I have no more of it. There's no more of it left to play. Um, but yeah, this, uh, oh god, this is, they're calling it a major update. Join the fight and take part in Operation Broken Fang. New challenges await with the all new retakes and exclusive Broken Fang premiere. Play new maps across a variety of game modes, which is French for continue to play Dust 2, and see how you measure up in the Operation Stats page. Complete weekly missions and choose from a variety of rewards, including new agents, weapons, collections, stickers, patches, and graffiti. So, if you like to make your real-life guns look just like Nerf guns in your stupid fucking... Uh, <laughs> never mind. I'm not, I don't judge, though. And it's a big deal, because they don't come out with uh, DLCs for CSGO that often. So, if you still play Counter-Strike... It would be I would be remiss to not cover it in in this uh, show. So that's our new and noteworthy. Now we're gonna do our deals section because then we come then we'll close out with our feature. Features on Red Dead Online, the good, the bad, and the fugly. Or as I wrote in the notes, Red Dead Online is it suck? 
Yeah, someone was stoned. So our deals this week um, are two good ones. Uh, first is one of the perennial favorites from I think the for end of the first year of this show. It's a game called Talomere. T-A-L-L-O-W-M-E-R-E. An Australian game. Uh, procedurally generated roguelike with tons of weapons. Uh, two-dimensional side-scrolling platformer. Um, where you play as Princess Talomere with all these fucking crazy, hilarious um, gameplay uh game design and gameplay conceits like, you know, it's all about the kittens and magic kittens. Anyway, I love that game. Talomir 2 is now out in early access and it is on sale through December 11th. It's 40% off at $5.99. So if you're looking for an old school pixel trash style hilarious um, roguelike that, you know, you could probably burn at least 20 hours in, you know, blah. Six bucks, not bad, through December 11th, Talomir 2. And then, for those of you who are, for those of us who are truly strapped, as I am, I'm fucking broke as fuck right now. Um, 1993, this is the name of the game. 1993 Space Space Machine. This game is 90% off at $1.19 through December 12th. This is the best fucking value in the graveyard right now. 1993 Space Machine is 1993 Space Machine is a side-scrolling space shooter with I think 48 different weapons, three different tiers of upgrades for each weapon, like 16 different flyable ships, 10 bosses, 48 or like 13 different areas. Um, and it's just a really fun, uh, side-scrolling space shooter, kind of it's nowhere near as good as like the ultimate uh, champions of the genre that are available on Linux, like um, Jets and Guns Gold or uh, all the uh, endless, like Gradius 5 stuff that you can play with uh, via emulation like PSX uh, PCSX 2 you know, PlayStation 2 emulator, but this game is $2, it's, it's under $2, it's $1.19, 90% off, um, and it's fun, it's, it, especially, like, if you like weed, like I do, it's a great game to just fucking zone out to. That brings us to our feature! What do you think? Oh, my God. It's Bolivians. Bolivians. Never gonna let you down. I can read your mind. This week's feature. I can't read you. I can't read you. I can read your mind. Take it, Scooby. So, uh, those of you who've been listening for a while know that I've been playing a lot of Red Dead uh, Redemption Two. Uh both natively uh, on my Linux box via Steam, as well as through my other license on my Stadia account. I love Stadia. I still do not get over how great it is to just fucking pop open a browser on any computer that I have. And they're adding Stadia support I, I here to iOS uh, in the first quarter if any of us are left alive. But uh, one of the problems with playing Red Dead Redemption 2 on Linux is that as gorgeous as the game runs... 
Um, it's crashy, it's buggy on Linux, like the longest I've ever managed to play in one game session of the single player Red Dead Redemption 2 was just over four and a half hours, I only got up that high twice, generally it crashes after two and a half hours sometimes two hours um, and that's unfortunate because it does influence your play style and it's a fun game to get lost in now, Red Dead Redemption 2 online I have I've set up a character on Linux and stuff, but by virtue of the fact that Stadia almost never crashes, it's way more stable than the Linux version. I set up my real character in Red Dead Online, Red Dead Redemption 2 Online, in my Stadia license for Red Dead Redemption 2. And that's because it just never crashes. It almost never crashes. It's way more stable. It's not as pretty, though, because Stadia does downsample everything depending on fluctuations in your connection and stuff. You know, None of it runs on your computer when you're playing it on Stadia. It's all live streaming to you from Google servers through your... Br- into your browser so you can turn, like, a fucking, you know, 20-year-old Toshiba laptop and play, you know, fucking Destiny 2 or Red Dead Redemption 2 or whatever... Generally, Red Dead Redemption 2 is, I think it's built off the same fucking engine, almost, as Grand Theft Auto 5 and just repurposed you know, blah, with Old West lots of detail, stuff like that the single player game, as we mentioned in our full review, I think two weeks ago is currently my number one pick for holding the title of most beautiful game visually that I've ever played, and it has a pretty rollicking story, and it's great fun, but for another table player, the real attraction, just as with Grand Theft Auto V, is the online element. Well, luckily enough, if you've never gotten Red Dead Redemption 2, either through Steam or Stadia, and find the $60 price tag prohibitive, and you want to play online like it doesn't have cross-play, which sucks because I was going to say online with your friends Grand Theft Auto V had cross-play w- during the times that it worked which is 10 years after it was originally released, I think um, go back and listen to the archives uh, on our SoundCloud um, old episodes because I, I spent a lot of time playing Grand Theft Auto V online well, now they've they're trying to not replicate, but they've basically replicated a lot of the same gameplay, but with a lot of new twists in Red Dead Online. It's called RDO, and this is a for $5, $4.99. It's a separate license. It does not include the single-player game, but it does get you access to Red Dead Redemption 2 Online. It lets you create a character, sets you up right and proper. Now, there's lots of Okay, so let's just get straight So the good, the bad, and the fugly. The good is Red Dead Online gives you a brand new character that you get to create yourself. My character, of course, is Skooky Sprite, and she is very pretty right now. She's gorgeous. She has a jagged fucking giant scar running down one side of her face. She's gorgeous redhead uh, with big, big whore painted red lips and, uh, she doesn't wear a jacket. She wears like this little uh, pump me, fuck me, uh, sweat stained, filthy, pink fringed 
blouse and it's fringed with filth and uh, she wears this big pink dress that looks like a tablecloth and uh, she's got this little page boy cap a little pink page boy cap and she's got these two fucking Schofields Midnight and Thunder I call them and when she dual wheels those motherfuckers it's time to go cause people are gonna die uh, Scooby Sprite who I play as when I am stoned and have only gone to play like fuck maybe 10 hours I'm at level 14 now I've seen enough though of the game to and talked enough with Joe Jokemon Kendall to give this is not like a full review but this is like this is do you want is this for you it does this suck no it does not suck so the good is that it doesn't suck and the, where the original charm of the of the single player campaign is to you know complete the story but punctuated with vast brief periods the best parts of the game are where you just you know, lose yourself in the game and you go hunting or fishing or you just ride around and talk to people or, you know, you have to go buy guns from some other town or something like that, you know, and and you go on long rides with your horse and, you know, blah, blah, blah. All that stuff is, like, amplified and made generally better. If not better, then there's a lot more of it in Red Dead Redemption, in Red Dead Online. Which, do not confuse it, RDO is not the previous game's online component. This is for Red Dead Redemption 2 online. So this is the latest game. It's, you know, about four years old. Um, it's nowhere near as mature online as Grand Theft Auto has become, which is a game that Rockstar has seen, has become like just an endless cash cow for them because the primary draw of both of these games is that They've made it pretty difficult to grind and get genuine fame and fortune without having to buy in to in-game currency. In-game currency in Red Dead Online is more important and more in-your-face and somewhat more brutal and somewhat harder to get, actually a lot harder to get, than money was in Grand Theft Auto V. The cool thing about having gold, though, is it does let you enroll, it does let you enlist in various different roles for your character. Your character can have a lot of different roles. You can be like a naturalist, you can be a bounty hunter, you can be a trader, you can be a moonshiner. Personally, I like to just free roam and do missions and stuff. So, like, there's an unofficial role that's like gunslinger. There's all these things that you can upgrade in your character and you get experience points for everything. The main currency of the game is still money. Like, just normal Old West money. Dollars. But everything is pretty much locked until you reach some pretty high levels. Also, you need gold to unlock rolls. You can't become a bounty hunter until you have, I think, like 12 gold. 12 gold bars. Doing a normal side mission or like a daily mission, will give you one-tenth of a gold bar. So that means you have to do 120 fucking... Which sounds like a lot, but considering that you, like, especially when you first start off, you can do like 10 of them a day pretty easily. It's not that big of an imposition, so if you're worried about the in-game purchases, you can still grind it out. Um, 
you just have to be more careful with what you buy with your gold because if you're not going to buy gold using real life money which I did because I, I have a life um, and I wasn't as broke as I am right now earlier on in the week I spent 40 bucks and I got I think 100 gold bars and the only reason why I did that's you, you get 50, 50 gold bars for 20 bucks of real money this does not give you in game money but the other thing you can use the gold bars for is to buy stuff like weapons, equipment, um, clothing that is locked until you reach a certain rank. And I'm not waiting until I'm level 32 before I can go fucking fishing in Red Dead Online. So I'm like, fuck it. Buy, I'll buy 50 bars for 20 bucks. 50 bars, when you spend it, when you spend them to buy items that are rank locked or to re- just to replace the cash if you don't have cash which you won't at first and part of the fun of the game is building up your fortune through hunting and killing and looting and stuff like that um, and doing side missions and then doing role missions you know blah 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 um, some of which are better than others which we'll talk about in a minute uh, the real fun is building up your fortune but speaking of which if you happen to have a Stadia, a license for the game in Stadia, linking your Stadia account, your your Red Dead Redemption Rockstar Social Club Stadia account to your Amazon Prime account, which does does nothing for you. Like it's not like it starts, you know, buying shit or anything like that. It's just it's just a game partnership. I don't know how long this is gonna last, but they gave me a thousand dollars in the game just for linking those two accounts, which is a huge deal. A thousand bucks in Red Dead Online like the best camera in the game is $564 Um, your average pistol is like 130 bucks to 250 bucks your average day's take of just hunting really hardcore for like, you know, two hours is probably going to be around $80 you know, throw in some side missions there, so maybe like 90, maybe 120 if you're really industrious, a little lucky, and also take some missions where you get to loot a lot of corpses and can sell that shit to a fence. So, that's like $120 for like three hours of playtime, and that's high, that's on the, like, that's, that's, that's if you're really industrious and know exactly what you're doing and kill a lot of birds, and sell everything that you, you hunt and everything that you kill and complete some side missions. So that's like that's a high bar to fill. On the other hand, and that's like 120 bucks. You can win you can win at poker too, but no one wants to play with me. I I've, I've only gotten to play poker like three or four times now. It sucks cuz you would think that there'd be more people playing. But anyway, that's a great way to make money if you're really good at poker. Um, it's also a really good way to lose money if you think you're really good at poker and you suck. I would advise to try to play poker as early as possible because $25 buy-in, you start the game with one gold bar and $30 and a turgid mystery to solve, which is like forms the backbone of your online story campaign, but in the meantime, you get to do whatever the fuck you want and become whoever the fuck you want. And Scooby Sprite, who started out in a fucking Butch Cassidy style uh, busted leather leather corduroy jacket, 
pants, filthy shirt, and a uh, dusty leather uh, Stetson now looks like a fucking degenerate reprobate can dual wield and tonight I'm buying a shotgun I'm buying an auto shotgun and that will make that will complete my ensemble and I have a bow and stuff like that and if you like those aspects especially the single player the fishing the hunting the bow hunting you're definitely going to want some gold because waiting to level 32 before you can buy a fishing rod is extreme Luckily, the prices uh, on stuff that you buy for gold that aren't fashion statements and are purely practical generally do not require that much gold at all. Now, one of the innovations in the game that I do not like that's different online than it is in the, in the single player, one of the great charms of the single player campaign is that anytime you're on the trail and not near a city or near railroad tracks, um, you can open your horse's inventory and set down a campfire and cook and set up camp and sleep in advanced time and heal a little bit. That is That model no longer applies, although there is for some reason a campfire icon. It only applies to your camp. Your camp in this game is your buddy Crips, who's assigned to you by your mysterious benefactor who's who's a uh, murdered husband, it is your task to solve um, and an exact revenge for that's the, you know, blah, but I, you know fuck, I, I only saw that bitch one time at the very beginning after she got me sprung from uh, uh, from uh, Sing Sing but um, so camps in this game, you can move your camp anywhere, but you have to ride to your camp Unless you cheat and press the left, left button, tap the left button on the D-pad, which opens up the player menu, which gives you, or no, the way you do this is through the start menu. See, it's very confusing, and there's a lot of, like, user interface shit that is kind of inscrutable at first, but once you get the hang of it, it makes for lots of good quality of life improvements. The bottom line is this. If you like to hunt and then set up a fire and then cook your food and then eat your food and then stow some of your food and make some items at that campfire and or sleep, you can't do that anymore. You can only move your camp um, and then you have to go to the camp and the camp stays there until it gets like raided depending on what depending on whether you're playing as a hostile as an aggressive or defensive player, if you're playing defensive, generally no one's going to bug you. But Crips has had to move my camp a couple times, and and I've had to move my camp a couple of times uh, for convenience sake. All of the cool things, all the fun strategy stuff that you have that you you learn to do by second nature in Red Dead Redemption Two, the single player, really does come into play in this game. Like for instance, one of my favorite things was deciding that I was going to relocate from Blackwater um, to just outside of Valentine because of the proximity to hunting, fishing, and a butcher that's easier to get to, and they have a gun store there. Um, gunsmithing is still great. You can customize your weapons, you know, blah, 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 blah. There is gone are the robbery mechanics, though. You can't rob townspeople in their stores. Um... You can't put on a mask anymore. Now, Skooky Sprite is a very good girl. She's very good. She's a very nice lady. As you can tell by the giant scar on her face. 
She looks just like one of my ex-girlfriends, which I didn't realize until like four nights ago. And I was like, whoa, my God, she looks just like dead girlfriend. Which is a little weird. Thank God I gave her that scar. She's got a great ass! Um, And now that she's pretty, she's less murderous. But... I do have a tendency to play the game wall extremely high and totally wasted. Usually in the wee, wee small hours of... Actually, it's just the call of the morning. Like normally like around 6 o'clock in the morning when I've been up for like 20 hours or whatever I'm done making the lunch sticks and stuff which I've been updating on the Etsy shop so go buy one um, that's when I normally play Red Dead Online and while this is good because it is fun to hunt and fish and get lost and take all these weird side missions and kill a lot of bad guys and stuff and you wish Sometimes I do lose my mind. At which point, I'll start killing everyone I see. Especially if they're innocent. Especially if they're unarmed. I'll just start blowing heads off of every person I see on the trail. Like, if I get fucking angry at the game, I start killing everybody until they kill me. Eventually the cops are called. Uh, you know, I got busted outside of Saint Denis when my horse, for some reason, because of all of the alligators in the swamp, would not come to me. And this was before we had our fourth level of bonding. Um, and I jumped into somebody's posse, and they sucked. And I only got like five dollars for being a part of that mission because they wouldn't help me get a horse or anything um, and you know whatever they just put out an open request which you can do yourself there are other game modes the multiplayer game modes are lots of fun some as Jojo Yvonne Kendall uh, advised um, for harder missions you know ro- either role missions or whatever you're going to need to put together a posse and so it's good to have friends. Luckily, the game integrates, at least for Stadia, very well with your friends list and stuff. Shows you who's online, blah. Voice chat is, you know, on Stadia, it seems to work, but not many people want to talk to me because I'm always talking to the live stream and I don't always change my chat channel in the game. So they probably everyone just hears me babbling and mutes me. You can see who's online and jump to different areas of the map if you want to just do that. You'll lose everything that you're carrying, though. So you want to, like, sell your stuff at the butcher and complete, you know, whatever business. You can jump to other areas of the map. It's the full map with um, New Austin, the desert area, which is small, and it's it's still cool. Uh, at will, by going by pressing the start button, going to the online thing, and then scrolling down, and it'll you can jump right to your camp. You know, blah, blah, blah. You can move your camp at any time. It costs money to move your camp. Uh, costs, uh, it's like $2 to move your camp. I think it's a dollar a day for camp upkeep. And then there's like a 75 cent stable charge for your horse, which brings me to my probably my biggest problem. The game is geared towards being super restrictive against inflation but is designed to over time promote inflation so right now prices are really expensive for stuff in the game like a new hat is like 150 bucks 
which you won't have and you'll want. New guns, same thing. New guns are even more expensive. That's okay. You can grind, and one of the most satisfying things is grinding your way to having enough money to buy the things that you want and need and, you know, provisioning yourself and building up your stores and stuff just as yourself so you can handle whatever the fuck the trail throws at you. One of the less fun things about the game is the horse breaking is still present in the game, but you can never saddle a horse that you've broken. It seems kind of like an antecedent or a throwback or whatever to Grand Theft Auto V's treatment of vehicles. Like You could track the nicest Ferrari in the world and you could store it in a garage, but you couldn't ever make that a vehicle that you could have delivered to you. So you're stuck with whatever horses you buy and then you can change the saddle. You start off with a uh, scrawny nag. That's the same horse I still have. I'm level. I'm almost level fifteen now. Um, experience points is, are difficult to get, but it's very rewarding. And if you go with the flow, the game is the game can the game is almost even more fun than Red Dead Redemption Two, especially in the sense that you never know. At any moment, like, you could just take a mission or jump into a competition with, like, this other posse, make new friends, leave that posse, retain the friends, next time you're on a mission, you can, hey, get to fucking Amberino, I got this fucking bounty mission, and it looks hard, you know, blah, 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 the game splits the proceeds, you know, it handles the money and stuff when you get your reward, um, lots of detail, lots of good uh, dialogue, interesting characters the biggest thing that I dislike about Red Dead Online, other than the fact that basically, if you're not willing to spend 25 the game is $5, but plan on spending another 20 bucks like immediately to get 50 gold bars, because you're gonna want them, and the game kind of sucks when all you have is a pistol and a scrawny nag it's, it's not that good, and it feels really restrictive. You want to be able to dual wield. You want to be able to have a bandolier, so you have more ammo. You want fancier clothes. You want better guns. You want more guns. You want um, recipes for stuff, etc., etc., etc. Stuff that you can't get until you're like at level thirty-two. Jump the line. Spend your gold on those things. Now, before I go, let me talk a minute about the rolls. By far, and I think JoJo came on. Kendall is correct in this. By far the most fun and interesting role is Bounty Hunter. Because you just go up to any bounty. It costs, I think, 12 gold to get a Bounty Hunter license. You have it forever. There are posters everywhere. And you get your choice of like three potential bounty victims per town. And they are always changing and, you know, reloading and stuff like that. You pick out your quarry, you ride to them. Generally, you kind of want to be stealthy unless you're really good with a gun, and I'm not really good with a gun. Um, you, you know, of course, you provision up, and then you ride out there, and you bring them back dead or alive. And it's cool, and you loot everybody, and the loot itself is very good um, from the corpses, and then you fence that, and so you can get, like, you know, 40 bucks off of a bounty, you know, lower-level bounties and stuff. By far, in terms of the ones that I know about, and then uh, my first role that I accidentally unlocked was Trader. 
and you unlock Trader by buying a butcher table for your camp. This is stupid in almost every way. It is very similar to the way the uh, cocaine lockup uh, ran in uh, Grand Theft Auto 5 online, where it takes Crips a certain amount of time. You have to donate resources to the butcher table. It doesn't give it doesn't let you sell things for for species for uh, for currency at the butcher table. You donate directly to Crips Trading Company. And then you have to either buy for 20 bucks a supply wagon or steal one. If you buy a supply wagon, you still have to run security for it, I think, to get to camp. So you're still going to have to ride to the middle of nowhere, get the fucking wagon, and then fight off a bunch of guys while you get it back to camp. Takes Crip about, I think, uh, you know, I'll just quote the my, from memory, my cocaine lockup price is at full upgrade um... I, you could get like I don't know, 80 grand uh, every 6 hours out of the cocaine lockup but then you have to deliver the product so once the product's manufactured which might require multiple supply runs you know either jacking the supplies which all you have to do is say oh I'll get us some supplies and you know you pick your method and then it'll either set you up the mission or whatever but it's a pain in the ass and it's not that remunerative and Crips is slow um, like right now he's sitting on like I think $62 worth of merchandise and I've basically abandoned him to the devil that possesses him the other thing that sucks about the butcher table and the trader role is that it's really expensive that that I think that butcher table cost me tw- almost twice as much as any other role the other roles that are interesting are naturalist and collector collector is like if you if you take on this role, you'll find stuff on corpses that's like they'll say like take to the you know take to Madame Nadezda von Mech or whatever the fuck her name is. She's like this wandering gypsy, and she'll pay you a lot of money for those things. It's basically like a replacement for collecting the cigarette cards and stuff like that in the single player. Um, and she collects all sorts of weird shit and pays a lot of money for them. She's my next thing that I'm spending the la- I think the last of my gold on is that role. Jojo Gimon Kendall is a big fan of the naturalist role, which makes you have to use the varmint rifle with non-lethal um, loads once you sign up for that role with the crazy bitch. I don't want to ruin anything. You know, you'll you can find her in Strawberry. Um. It sounds interesting, but it's not my cup of tea because I just like to kill animals and I like to kill people. Sometimes I like to kill people a lot. Sometimes I like to kill a lot of people. Um, Fighting other players is fun, interesting, very exciting. Uh, Generally results in me being defeated. Everything that you can want is there. And it's five bucks now. Think of it more like 25 bucks because you're going to want that gold. So, I would say that no, it is not the suck. Now, I've not played too much of it native on Linux, but Stadia, by the way, runs Linux. So that's... I include Stadia as Linux. And you can run Stadia, you know, on your Linux box, or any box you have. So there you go. That's that's our... Um, that's our Red Dead, Dead Online. Is it suck? The one thing it really does suck, though, is that there is no cross-play. So... I think Steam users are se- segregated to Steam users. Uh, 
but that, I think that includes PC and Linux and you know whatever godforsaken Apple abomination you might pretend to run as a video gaming system. Um, but all the console very console online communities are uh, siloed into their own servers. I think hopefully that'll change because Grand Theft Auto Five was great online when, you know, you're playing with people on PC and on Xbox and blah, 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 blah. Um, so it does limit the number of people who are generally online, but if you're online during, like, anything resembling um, weekend hours or, like, you know, 5 o'clock any day, uh, there'll be, you know, you it'll match you with a bunch of people. Uh, generally d- dispersed and at first you'll think oh there's not that much to do with other people until you start doing events and joining posses and then setting up your own posses and then expanding your friends list and your criminal empire and stuff and uh yeah it's 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 really fun even when I get super pissed at the game and the game is gorgeous it's it actually has better weather in the online than it does in general in the single player um and like I said, with Stadia, it does kind of it, it does tone down the graphics, and there are no graphics setting options uh, in online for the Stadia. But uh, so it's just not as super pretty uh, resolution wise as it is when you play it like quote unquote natively on your machine and take it get to take advantage of you know blah. But that's more that's just as much due to your connection as it is due to the in overall inefficiency of Rockstar's uh, engine for this game, which I'm pretty sure is just the same engine as Grand Theft Auto V, but with horses and different play mechanics and different models. So yeah, check it out. Um, get lost. Let's get lost of the West. I will be back next week, and be sure to hit me up with uh, your games You know, from this last year that I have not mentioned at all on the show that you think are really good. Uh, maybe we'll work them in to our end of the year episodes stay safe, wear a mask stay at home if you can cheers four or five times a good idea four or five times hi there there is delight in doing things right four or five times it is I, E.B. Farnham maybe I'll cry I'll get you a drink. And if I die, I'm gonna try four or five times. Do you like to play? We like to play. I like you. We like to sing. It only runs on Linux. We like to go. Yaddy yaddy yo. Four or five times. We're gonna have such fun. Bebop one. You're becoming hysterical. Bebop two. Yes, sir. Thank you, sir. Bebop three. Yaddy yaddy. Four or five times. Matt Damien. Business bad? Fuck you, pay me. Oh, you had a fire? Fuck you, pay me. Place got hit by lightning, huh? Fuck you, pay me. Have we not come some fur piece since then? <laughs> Burn everything incriminating, including this building. Burn all the White House pets, and then yourselves. Burn yourselves first. There is no Windows version of weaponized chess. It's fucking ponderous, man. Ponderous, fucking ponderous. It only runs on Linux.
It's not a problem. You alienated part of America. I alienated crazy people. I like it very much. It is I, E.B. Farnham. You're becoming hysterical. I'm here. I'm there. I'm fucking everywhere. I'm the Eggman. Now you listen, and now you listen, for you're going to be a meek little housewife with horn-rimmed spectacles. And you're going to stay away from men and juke joints and booze and pinball machines, and you're going to wear a skirt and low-heeled shoes, and you're going to wear a girdle, and especially a girdle. The best Linux games podcast is brought to you by Blue Wizard is about to die. Now available for the first time as an ebook on Amazon.com. To subscribe to the podcast using a Linux-based podcatcher like Podracer, or to see our YouTube gameplay videos, please visit www.bestlinuxgames.com. Also, join our Steam community group, Best Linux Games, Friends Cookie Sprite, and follow him on Twitter at VegasWriter. BLGP is also brought to you by the Radio Control Room Project. For details, please visit www.rcrproject.com or rfihc.com. Zig thanks you. For great justice. Yellow is the color. Gambling is the game. 